Well, 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 welcome to the Purple Stuff Podcast. Starring Jay from the Sexy Armpit, and Matt from Dinosaur Dracula, and Motherfucking Santa. Christmas time is here. Sleigh bells loud and clear. I don't know the words to this, so I will stop singing now. Man, it's been a long time since we've done this. Uh, Purple Stuff Podcast. It is Christmas time. I am Jay from the Sexy Armpit, along with my good friend and co-host of the Purple Stuff. Um, you forgot my fucking name, Max from uh, <laughs> Dinosaur Dracula. It has been a long time. Yeah, I. Uh, my new name is Max. Apparently, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, Max from Dinosaur Dracula. <laughs> Yeah, it's been so long, I forgot your name. Uh, I don't blame you. I feel like it's been three years since our last record. It has been. Yeah. I guess we should explain ourselves. December is fucking busy, guys. What do you want? Yeah, it is. It's busy time. You're churning out all the Christmas content on the blog. Yep, and you're working a real job, as, <laughs> as people should. <laughs> it is a busy time, though. I mean, like, I spent my whole month so far not buying Christmas presents yet. Yeah, uh, well, I actually did all mine in one big lump on Amazon, but man, when you do that, you see how much you really spend on Christmas, and it's fucking disgusting. Yeah, it's almost like it, it, it snowballs, because you're on the website, and you're like, ooh, look at this, ooh, look at that, and then they recommend other things, and then you start buying the other things. You're like, oh, I didn't need to waste money on that, and then, oh, if this is like five bucks, I can buy this and get free shipping. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, for me, it's just, I come from such a big family that just to get everyone in the immediate circle takes about 4,000 gifts. Yeah. So by the time I have my cart full and I'm ready to say, you know, close the door on Christmas, I'm looking at a bill that's so high. I'm just like, God, I could like pay the next two months rent with this. <laughs> it's crazy. I wind up spending more on stupid like stocking stuffers. Oh, that's where they get you. Yeah. Yeah. Fill the stocking with these generous $9 gifts. Pick up 20 now. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you'll go to Target and buy a box of crayons. You know, they won't have the price out there. So you're like, how much could this be? Two dollars, three dollars, six ninety nine. <laughs> the same box of crayons that's two dollars for the rest of the year. I'll tell you, there's a lot of Star Wars stuff out there for Christmas this year. I love it. You know, people are making jokes about how it's too much. And I'm like, well, no, it's not no, too it's much. No, ne- it's never too much. There's yeah. lot. There's lollipops. There's, you know, all kinds of trading cards and tiny little tchotchkes. I love it. Yeah, me too. I'm drinking coffee with Boba Fett coffee creamer in it right now. Oh, you got the creamer. Yeah. I'm that, trying... That's a keeper. That's a keeper, that creamer. <laughs> you got to rinse that out with some cold water and put it right on the shelf. 
you probably have some stored away in some a subterranean freezer. Yeah, I'm not going to empty mine. I want that shit to get rotted and valuable. <laughs> well, Ten years from now, I'll be on eBay. I'm looking for $75 for this rotten coffee creamer. And someone will buy it. Oh, <laughs> for hundreds. hundreds yeah. Dollars, yeah. But yeah, so I'm drinking Holiday Blend Coffee, which is like, how do they fit Holiday into coffee? You know, it doesn't taste like regular coffee to me. Well, do they specify on the package like what they're going for? No, it's just a red package, yeah. and you know, but whatever. It's got Boba Fett inside of it, so it's uh, it makes it better. Cool. Yeah. So, what are we doing tonight on the purple stuff? Back in action. Back in action with our special Christmas episode. So it seemed only fitting that we talk about some of our favorite holiday songs. True. We did this for Halloween and. You know, I enjoyed it, you enjoyed it, and everybody listening seemed to have enjoyed it. But, of course, now this is another thing where we're not going to just throw out, like, our favorites of all time. Because that's There's no easy. way that we could even do that in one podcast anyway. Both of us are major fans of Christmas music. And it's funny you say that, because there's a, a girl at work who is talking to me, and, she, and I told her I listen to Christmas music a lot during this time of year. And she's like, hmm, I didn't peg you for that type. And I'm like, what do you mean? What does that mean? Like, no, there's a there's a real fucking stigma for people is. like us. And I'm like, really? Yeah. Like, what is this? How is this your deal breaker? It, Everything it, it, else about me is okay? I have a thousand things wrong with me. Liking Christmas music is the one that's going to turn you off? <laughs> Plus, it's on, like, every damn station you turn on. So it's not like we're doing anything out of the ordinary. Yeah, I mean, ugh, it's probably, at this point in my life, you know, presents don't mean that much anymore. And life is generally hopeless. Christmas music is like my favorite thing about the whole season. Yeah, it's like the only thing keeping us Christmassy. Right. I mean, when you could just, you know, drive to go pick up some fat-ass Chinese food and listen to Wham! and Paul McCartney. Yeah. And you feel good about yourself when you're about to eat these, you know, pile of scarabs. That's that's great. It's magic. That's the holidays in action right there. That's Christmas spirit. Yeah. Christmas spirit uh, in audio form. Totally. So I think we have uh, 12 songs, six each. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to challenge you to start with your number one pick. Okay. Here it is, my number one pick. Number one. That was Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band with their rock version of Santa Claus is Coming to Town from 1975. And that one is, you know, it's hard to describe how special that song is, not only to just me, but a lot of people around where I live in New Jersey, because it's, it's the same here across the pond. Yeah, I mean, it's really like a geographical thing, because and not to say that people can't like it anywhere else. But, you know, when you, you know, people think of california when you're talking about the beach boys and you think of detroit when you're talking about motown bruce is is obviously this area and just listening to him talk at the beginning of the song yeah you know you get that feeling 
he really transports you to like the Jersey Shore. Yeah, you can totally like smell the industrial fumes. Yeah, he's really making you feel that, and he's so like into it, and he's happy about it. He's having a good time, and really, he's just on a stage. Actually, it was recorded in Long Island, and it, he has no qualms about rocking out to a Christmas song, like a, yeah. and ha- just having like goofy fun with his friends on stage in his concerts. And, you know, so many famous people have, like, wound up performing this song in the same way he made it. Because, well, you know, correct I'm, me if I'm wrong, but it's become such a part of his, like, repertoire that he, like, <laughs> will sing this at totally non-Christmas concerts. Well, yeah, because it, it, it was such a big uh, deal for him. But what was great about it is that he would, like, if it's, no, um, I would say November, December, I mean, he's going to play that song at all his shows. He's not going to... You know, he's not going to jip you. People want to hear it. It's one yeah. of yeah, it's a staple of his concerts, like you said. I didn't realize it came out in 1975. Yeah, it was actually recorded in 75. It didn't really get really big until the early 80s, around like 80, 82 or something. But this was a, it, just a quintessential song for me growing up because you could just tell like they're all having fun. He's talking to Clarence and he's talking about Santa Claus. And it was just a good time. So yeah. I love, love that track. You know. As a kid, I would listen to Christmas music, and I sort of, like, recognized most of it as being old and uncool. But this song, with the energy and the crowd reaction mm-hmm. and all that stuff, it just... It's, it was, like, the first song for Christmas that made me think, oh, it, this, you know, this genre could be hip. Yeah, exactly. Like, the, yeah, there was definitely something... He infused a lot of enthusiasm into it. Great pick. Love that song. I do wonder if it's, like, as big on the West Coast. I wonder. It's a good, good call. Perhaps our our listeners could clue us in. Yeah. That's uh, at Dinosaur Dracula on Twitter. Yeah, at and... Sexy Armpit. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got for us next, Matt? Max. Okay. Here, from, for Max from uh, Frankenstein Dracula, <laughs> here's my first pick. Number two. And that was Christmas Wrapping by the Waitresses in 1981. Oh, classic. Yes. Such a good one, man. Man, I mean, I was like a really late bloomer with music, but mm-hmm. I love this one even when I was a little kid. Like, if I was in the backseat of my parents' car and that came on, I kind of like just mentally cheer and try not to expose the fact that I was so into this Waitresses song. Because, that... you know, my father would be like, why? Why? Why are you liking this song? What is this? What is it about it? It's so funny you said that because when I was a kid, I didn't like this song at all. I used to think it was annoying, but as I got older, I'm like, holy shit, this is so good. Well, I'm about to blow your mind because you just didn't know how to picture it. When I was a kid, I knew nothing about the waitresses, and in fact, I still don't. So I had to sort of like come up with my own mental image of them, and my childhood headcanon dictated that the song was actually sung by Joe from The Facts of Life. <laughs> to this day, I can't hear that girl wax poetic about cranberry sauce without picturing Nancy McKeon with a blazer and a microphone. 
Tell me you cannot see Joe singing see the song. I could see that. I definitely could see that. Now imagine if you had that little bit of information when you were a kid. <laughs> but see, the way I used to picture it, I'm like, I used thought it was Blondie because it really just sounds like a Blondie song. Let me think it, about it. Let me see if you're right. The way it's structured. Oh, you're absolutely right. It yeah. does sound very Blondie-ish. It, yeah. I mean, Debbie Harry could have sang the song. I mean, it was a total... Like and that was what was popular at the time. It was what nineteen eighty maybe something like that. Eighty eighty one. Yeah, you know, and they're talking about A and P, which I like. I used to. Oh have a... yeah, that was another song that I guess has a geographical yeah bonus for yeah, us because they're from New York. The uh, the waitresses and it, you know I used to go to the A and P. You know when you you remember going and buying like monster cereals and all the big famous gimmicky stuff. Yeah, I used. A and P was where I would go when I was a kid. That was totally my... the same. That was like the only supermarket. It was that and Shoprite, and Shoprite was always on the other side of the tracks. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, could you imagine two two lone people trying to pick up some cranberries that they forgot? That's fate, you know. Yeah, I Picture mean, it's... you doing something like that because you fucking love cranberries. I do. I mean, I didn't need her to find love in that store she, as long as she found cranberries. <laughs> You just wanted to make sure she got the cranberry. Yeah, I'm like, Phew. third verse was just a bonus, baby. Yeah, you can't have a holiday without cranberries. Hell no. <laughs> Though, you know, let's be honest, the song fits Thanksgiving more than it does Christmas. It does. She's talking about Thanksgiving, like, throughout the whole song. Oh, so I, I just want to make sure. She doesn't say Thanksgiving, though, right? Oh, no, she talks about a turkey. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Turkey and cranberries, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's like, it. this isn't a Christmas song. There's no. She's not Christmas rapping. She's Thanksgiving rapping. But there's a lot of people out there, and I'm sure you're listening right now, and you and your family eat turkey for Christmas, which I don't do. I, I don't do either. I always thought yeah. that was like some fallacy set forth by like print ads in like Women's Day. Yeah, they were like, yeah, we have this leftover, this ad leftover from Thanksgiving that we yeah. use. Let's just use it for Christmas. Everyone knows that Christmas is for that gross ham that nobody wants to touch. <laughs> I hate that. I hate that fucking ham, too. I hate being at the table with it. I'm like, can't you just leave it in the kitchen and do this buffet style? Do we yeah. have to have this half an animal on the fucking table? <laughs> can you just dump four or five heaping tablespoons of uh, pasta onto my plate? Then that would be okay. <laughs> And do you have, like, a little windshield so I don't have to look at the rest of you? <laughs> All right, well, that was my pick. Good one. What do you got coming up next? Okay, my next pick is... Number three. Merry Christmas, darling. We're apart, that's true. But I can dream, and in my dreams, I'm Christmasing with you. Holidays are joyful. The fucking Carpenters! Oh, yeah. The, it's the fucking Carpenters! <laughs> yeah. I, I love how you give that kind of introduction to the such a sad song well okay the carpenters merry christmas darling 1970 to me it's one of the greatest christmas songs ever and you're saying it's a sad song and i know what you mean because the lyrics are pretty heartbreaking but it's well, a hopeful it's... song it's not somehow it's not depressing it really isn't if you listen to it it sounds like it could be the background of a hallmark commercial 
Oh god, I don't know, dude. Like I listen to that and I feel like I'm ready for a therapy session every time. <laughs> Wait a second. Are you saying it's on par with the Ewok films? <laughs> <laughs> don't make me hit my falsetto on the chuckles, or I'm gonna have to cut your whole section out. <laughs> anyway, so it reminds me of those times on Christmas Eve when I would sit on my uncle's couch near his fireplace next to the Christmas tree and wonder what I'd be getting from Santa the next morning. And this would always be playing on the radio. That was like my one big memory of this song. And like I said, I don't think it's that sad if you really listen to it, but it goes to show. Karen Carpenter has that voice. She has a voice of an angel. Like she could be like reading off her like shopping list and you'd be like wanting to, you know, you want to just be misty eyed by a window. Yeah. Yeah. Just staring at like, Oh my God, she's going to buy fucking saltine crackers. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh my god celery she's gonna buy the saltines and send them to her boyfriend who lives across the pond somewhere yeah yeah but anyway song a song like this really has legs because it came out in 70 and think about it i was five listening to this song on the radio and it still gets played on light fm till this day yep well tons, just just to clarify of- you weren't five in 1970 so well, no, it was already I, 15 years old by the time we started listening to it. That's what I was getting at, exactly. That's crazy. Yeah. So now like, it's that's probably seven the, years old now, the song. Yeah, yeah. It's like probably going to be the oldest song on this list. And yet, if you listen to it, it's the one that still resonates just as well as it always did. Yeah, exactly. But I love the Carpenters, man. I don't care what anybody says. Oh, so do I. And uh, that even there, there's there are other Christmas songs that they've done really well. Mm-hmm. They've done a lot of good ones. Definitely. Yeah, great pick. Thanks. What do you have next on our Christmas list? All right, here we go. Number four. It's Christmas time. That was, of course, Do They Know It's Christmas, the mega-famous charity single from Supergroup Band-Aid in 1984. Can we just do one bar of it, just for old time's sake? <laughs> um, Ready? I, okay. Yeah, yeah, you start Three, off. Two, one. Do they know it's Christmas time at all? At the last second, I decided to bow out. <laughs> Dick. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. But you sounded good. I sounded terrible. <laughs> no, you're totally on key. <laughs> I can't remember everyone who had a line in this thing, but I know there's Bono, Sting, the guy from Duran Duran, uh, Boy George, George Michael, and probably three more people with George in their name. It was a lot of artists. Yes, there was a lot of people in that. Let's be real. This song has a lot of haters, whether because they don't like the way it sounds or because they can't get behind something that talks about Africa in such stereotypically incorrect fashion. Right. So I'm not even going to defend it musically or say that its message was delivered in a smart way. I just personally love it. It's like it was one of the first songs that made me realize that Christmas music wasn't just a bunch of novelty tunes, but actually music that I genuinely liked. Yeah, and this was one of those songs that 
it's definitely of our time, and it brings us back to when we were kids. Yeah. Bunch of guys wailing ominously over a bed of synth. <laughs> yeah. It's like Depeche Mode after some happy pills. I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly how it sounds. Totally. And it, what's funny about it is that there's an extended version. I don't know if you've ever heard it, but um, Miss Sexy Armpit always gets pissed when I play that in the car. And she's like, she immediately commands me to turn it off because there's this whole breakdown where I don't know if you've ever heard it, but there's I whole, don't know if I have. Yeah, there's they, they uh, start playing like the music goes a little bit lower and they play clips of every person in Band-Aid. And they're just going through everybody. So everyone gets a little like Frankie goes to Hollywood says uh feed the world and then laughs maniacally oh and, god yeah, yeah and then uh, spandau ballet gets their little you know five minutes of fame and uh <laughs> but then they get to paul mccartney it's so weird because they go to him twice and he's just like hi this is paul mccartney and he's like <laughs> sorry i can't be with you <laughs> it's just so weird oh man so wait so are they like are they joining the song or are they just giving you little messages that just play over the song. You know what it's, it sounds like? Someone's voicemail. Like somebody just called up someone's voicemail. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's, I mean, let's be honest. Like it's a great song, but the whole thing is like a total clusterfuck. Yeah, oh, it's a huge mess. I mean, yeah. I think even the guy who wrote it, Bob, what's his name? Bob Geldof. Even he like says now it's like a terrible song. Yeah. And pretty much everyone who sang in it was like, oh yeah, the composition of that song fucking blew. Yeah. I don't know what they're talking about. I think it's great. <laughs> it's amazing. So what's your next pick? Okay, here we go with my next pick. Number five. That was I Want to Rock You Hard This Christmas by the Dan Band, which originally came out in 2007. I know that a lot of people probably aren't familiar with the Dan Band. Mm. Uh, our, uh, <laughs> yeah, you found the one Christmas song I'd never heard of before. <laughs> so Way to go. The Dan Band, if you're unfamiliar with them, they're like sort of a comedy rock band from L.A. And they got real famous because they had a part in the movie Old School where they sang the song Total Eclipse of the Heart. And uh, they, they the song was like littered with F-bombs, so it made it real funny. And then they came out with a uh, Christmas album. And the Christmas album had this song on it. So the song uh, has uh, probably an equal amount of F-bombs. And it's got like wonderfully Christmassy sexual innuendos with some are subtle and some are not so subtle. Like here, here's an example. I want to fill your stocking with my candy cane of joy. Oh, boy. <laughs> but it's a great Christmas rock song, and, and the comedy aspect of it is just a bonus to me. Plus, and, uh, it has a music video. It does have a music video. Yeah, well, I was watching it. I was <laughs> amazed at how far you can go on a $6 budget. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, they have a bigger budget than in some of the videos I put on YouTube. So, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I've been listening to it since 2007, so it's a classic already in my book. Yeah, I mean, to yeah. me, it sounded like something that might work as the special holiday theme to a Christmas episode of Home Improvement, <laughs> which isn't a complaint. It's just that's how it sounded to me. Right, no, I, it's, it's kind of accurate, except for all the, 
the dirtiness. Yeah, yeah. Sending it over to you, Max. All right, here we go with my uh, next pick. Number six. That J was motherfucking Grace Jones with her rendition of the Little Drummer Boy from the Pee Wee's Playhouse Christmas Special in 1988. <laughs> you very, you really like that. I love it. All right, first of all, let's just get this out of the way, and I think we'll both agree. If anyone hasn't seen the Pee Wee's Playhouse Christmas Special, they are missing out on what was obviously the best holiday special ever made. That's bold. That's a bold. No, it's not bold. It's I'm being objective. Wow. I'm like I may feel it personally, but I'm being objective. There is nothing that tops that. That is just balls to the wall, insane. It's definitely insane. <laughs> well, you don't what is it? Just oh, not your kind of humor? Oh no, I I love Pee Wee. You know, don't get me wrong. I'm just saying I don't know if it was the best of all time. That's all I was saying because I I don't know if I had the time to go through each and every special before I arrived at saying that. That's all. Okay. But well, Grace I mean, Jones's outfit in the Well, let's 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 get to Grace here. So like telling you every highlight of this special would be a whole nother podcast. Yeah. That's right, a whole nother podcast. Did I fucking just say that? <laughs> but for now I'll just tell you my favorite part. Grace Jones, dressed like goddamn Zuckus from The Empire Strikes Back, <laughs> busting out of a crate to randomly sing Little Drummer Boy. I just love that you said she's dressed like Zuckus, but in one of your recent articles, you said Zuckus dressed like Grace Jones. I fucking did. I stole the joke from myself. You caught me. I stole my own fucking joke. You can't put it past me. Yeah, well, listen, it's it's 11 o'clock at night. You want fresh material? Hit me up at three. I love I love her outfit, though. It's insane. Yeah. Um, and I love that take on the song. I mean, do you recall how it sounded? It's sort of like, uh, almost like a Susie and the Banshees type song. I guess that's accurate enough. I mean, it's only around a minute long, but it's yeah. the best minute you'll ever spend listening to music about a little kid banging drums for Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it, it's interesting. It's definitely interesting. Well, you know, her whole thing was my life is a work of art, so... She's yeah. being as weird and vampy as she can. Yeah. But it's just, it's really like, like you'll watch, if you watch that special, you're going to be a fan of Grace Jones forever. Yeah. And... I have it on DVD. I love that special. I'm not saying it's, believe me, I love anything Pee Wee does. I'm just saying, I, wow, I don't know if I could say it's the best because I have so many favorites. I have such a hard time narrowing it down. Well, maybe we'll go through some of our favorite Christmas specials in the next podcast. Oh, God. Which, which at this rate will be in March. <laughs> Christmas yeah. in March. We're planning it for next year already. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Okay, Grace Jones, that was my pick. Yes. What was yours? On deck. Let's see. What do I have next? Here we go. Number seven. Cheese. 
trees. Decorate the house with lights at night. Snow's on the ground, snow white so bright. In the fireplace is the Yule log. Beneath the mistletoe as we drink eggnog. The rhymes that you hear are the rhymes of Gerald. Like each and every year we bust Christmas carols. Christmas carols. That was Run DMC, Christmas in Hollis from 1987. And that song borrows a sample from Clarence Carter's Backdoor Santa, which was another Christmas classic. Yep. And that was uh, on a very special Christmas, which is a compilation CD that used to come out. Oh, God, I, that's right. Yeah, pretty much every year. And they're still coming out with them. And that's that was one way to get really cool Christmas songs that were hard to find otherwise. Sometimes, right. they, sometimes they were exclusive to just that album and i remember getting the cassette tapes like every year it was such a big event you yeah know, with- those those tapes are like you'll find them in every garage sale and if you didn't grow up when we did you can't possibly understand how cool they were exactly yeah it's like i guess if, if kid grew up with um now that's what i call music volume one you know it's sort of like that but for christmas and now right. they actually did a christmas one of that but it, this was like the original and all the pro now a lot of the proceeds went to like the special olympics so it was for a good cause but um yeah so this was the legendary rick rubin who produced it and in the video which was so great is that i mean they go over the top like they are totally for real with this they're not embarrassed or anything about doing a christmas song this is run dmc at probably their biggest and they're embracing christmas doing like a cheesy so cheesy yeah like a cheesy christmas video with like santa dressed up in a terrible costume yeah i mean it was it looks like it was shot on the set of every 1980s christmas sitcom episode ever yeah, exactly. Yeah, and but they didn't look like they were doing it for the money. Like they, they were totally serious, and they were like, yeah, they they sold the shit out of yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So and like when DMC comes on for his part uh, by the fireplace, like he, I mean, he rocks that shit. I mean, he's so serious about. It. I love it. Uh, if if anyone decides to watch the video, it's on YouTube. Go to like two minutes and forty seconds after the song's breakdown. These guys are rapping with Jam Master Jay in the background. And they've got like bows on their mics, like Christmas bows, and there's an, like Christmas elves and presents, and Santa's on his sleigh. I mean, this is awesome. Like you're yeah. not going to see this, and you don't see this anymore. Like no one has the balls to put something out like right. This now. You know, you know, you mentioned how sincere they were, and that's the difference. If somebody did that now, they would have to act like, oh, I'm just ironically doing this. Isn't it funny? Exactly. Yeah. But it's so much cooler when they're just like doing it legit. Yeah, and I don't know if you, I don't know if anyone could actually legit do it now because it's been done already, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, and not just that, like, they did it so thoroughly. And the song is fantastic. It's such a great version of it. And they're talking about, it was, it's Christmas Eve in Hollis, and that's where they're from, Hollis, Queens. So it's another, you know, going back to the geographical thing, it's kind of like that because you get a real feel for Queens, you know, at that point. It's like a, uh, it's like a tour guide of Queens. That's yeah. the way I look at it, you know. I think that's that's probably the most common thought about the songs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Excellent pick. Thanks. What's your next pick? My next pick is... Number eight. There's a kind of feeling when you sing a melody And another person sings along in harmony It's the loveliest thing that you can do Make your voice sound grand. These difficult things are the things you never will understand. If you could only give it a try and see through, your voice would float like a feather and we'd sing together. 
Oh boy. <laughs> that, <laughs> that was Slayer Ride, performed by C3PO and R2D2 as part of Christmas in the Stars, the official <laughs> Star Wars Christmas album from 1980, which I swear is a real thing that exists. It is a real thing that exists, yes. <laughs> by the way, did you know that that was like uh, Bon Jovi's first real music? I know, I'm the one that originally told you that years ago, and you didn't believe me. <laughs> and oh. then we had a whole argument about it, and, <laughs> and I had to look it up on the internet uh you'll have to you have to forgive me old max is getting senile <laughs> yeah a young john bon jovi sang uh r2d2 we wish you a merry christmas from that album right now that might paint one picture the truth is that most of the album is just utterly ridiculous <laughs> yes pretty much every song though is worth erecting shrines to um <laughs> the one that shines brightest for me is sleigh ride yeah. The lyrics are modified so that the song's really about C-3PO teaching R2-D2 how to sing. <laughs> it's so ridiculous, so geeky, and so dumb, but I just love it to death. And I could totally picture Anthony Daniels in the recording booth, like, treating it like it's a legit would-be hit, like, asking the producer for his motivation. Oh, dear, teaching R2 how to sing. Why would I do this? Tell me, sir. Why would I, as a protocol droid, have any interest in teaching that little bucket how to sing? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm just I'm just passionate about Slayer Ride by C3PO. And I don't know if you mentioned that this is by Miko, who did the uh, disco version of the Star Wars theme. I don't know if you said that. I didn't. I actually did not know that. Yeah, and uh, that's who did the album. And then the the other song on there that I'm surprised you didn't mention is uh, "What Can You Get a Wookie for Christmas when he <laughs> oh, already yes. owns a comb." <laughs> like <laughs> what? Uh... The... And then they rhyme Wookiee with Cookie, which is... Yeah, fantastic. well, of course. Yeah, I mean, that's a no-brainer. Just an absolutely drug-addled album, but, man, good yeah. music. <laughs> All right, what's your next pick? Number nine. The moon is right. The spirit's up. We're here tonight. And that's enough. Feelings here that only comes to time of year. Simply having a wonderful Christmas time. Simply having a wonderful Christmas That was Wonderful Christmas Time by Paul McCartney. <laughs> so now you're going to show me how a real impression's done. <laughs> that was 1979. And talk about a song that gets a lot of criticism. For some reason, Wonderful Christmas Time is one of those songs that just gets shat on constantly. That's so much hate. What yeah. the fuck is wrong with people? I know. It's like, uh, and what's bizarre about it is that when this came out, it really was big because everyone was, uh, I mean, it was all over the uh, radio. Yeah. But yeah, you either have a strong love for it or you just don't like it at all. But it captures. Yeah, but like people treat it like it's Christmas shoes or something. I'm like, what are you hearing oh, that I'm not? Yeah, well, I so do I. Everyone hates that song, but I get that <laughs> hate. Like, what's wrong with Paul McCartney? This sounds like a fucking 8-bit video game system grew legs and a mouth and got into music. <laughs> and that's what the video looks like, too. It's like terrible, like, PBS-style effects with, like, constellations and synthesizers in the sky. I mean, it's amazing. But yeah. 
I mean, this was the era. This was the uh, you know late seventies, early eighties when that's what music sounded like. But for me, the connection was cool because my dad was a huge Beatles fan, so uh, you know it was something that we could both enjoy because it's a whole other generation that was able to enjoy something from one of the Beatles. Yeah. And uh, but you know what I, I I think is funny because if you have a Taylor Swift or One Direction came out with a song that sounded like this now they'd be looked at oh my god the song is a genius song you know. Yep. The video looks like it was recorded in a Knights of Columbus. Got- like <laughs> <laughs> let me look this up. What's the name of the song again? Uh, <laughs> Wonderful Christmas Time. Yeah, and Christmas Time is one word. Oh my God, you're so dead on about the Knights of Columbus. <laughs> but I'll tell you more after this ad for, I uh, guess, what looks like a speedometer, please. <laughs> but yeah, and the song is like very minimalist. And it sh- I think it should get more credit from a musical perspective because when Prince used to put stuff out like this, he was, oh my God, Prince, is- <laughs> this is- song is amazing, you know? And then Paul McCartney does it. It's garbage. <laughs> well, I mean, that's my question though. Was it always garbage, or did people just decide it's garbage now? I think it's. I think it's more like it's. It's cooler to hate it now than you know than to like it. Oh man, I'm watching. I, I did forget how the video played. <laughs> um, oh boy. I guess I had the benefit of not growing up knowing what this looked like. Yeah. You know, all these people hate the song. Yeah, I'm looking at this video on YouTube with 5 million views. Meanwhile, neither of us could barely crack a thousand. <laughs> he's, he's doing something right. Yeah, I would say so. And they say that till this day, each year he makes $400,000 just on, just plays from the song. Yeah, you know, on whether Radio or whatnot. Yeah, radio or Pandora or whatever. <laughs> So well, good for him. I find, you know, I haven't followed the Beatles or Paul and McCartney closely at all, mm-hmm. but I just find him to be very likable. I do too. It's hard to not like, it. and he was the one that people used to think, oh, he was the likable one. He didn't, he never had an attitude or anything, you know? Yeah. Because he was always high. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Funny. It doesn't work for me. <laughs> Great pick. Thanks. Here's my next one. Number 10. Sleigh bells ring, I listening. In the lane, snow is glistening. A beautiful sight, we're having tonight. Walking in a winter wonderland. Gone away is the bluebird. Here to stay is the That was Winter Wonderland by the Rhythmics in 1987. That is one of those, like, almost haunting tracks. Mm-hmm. It's cool, and it sounds great, but it has this weird kind of haunting element to it. Well, I think that's what makes it. And yeah. you might have noticed a recurring theme with some of my picks. I like Christmas songs that sound like they were sung by electronic and vaguely disinterested ghost women. <laughs> That's all I need, baby. You just put that a little bit of reverb, some synth in the background, and you make lyrics about snow and Santa sound like death. I will fucking love you. Yeah. Actually, I think Tim Burton produced this track. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> presented by Tim Burton. Yeah. Although, yeah, like, I mean, from the minute, 
over the ground. Yeah. Guys, man, so the, I mean, like, holy With that shit. horrible, like, you know, up and down wavy gravy music playing behind her. So you think at the end of the verse, like, a monster's going to come up and eat her? Yeah, this song really is, like, the theme song to the abominable snowman. Snow <laughs> totally. monster. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how she did it, but it's like one of the most safe and saccharine Christmas songs, and she's managed to make it sound cool and mysterious. Yeah. And something like I should be listening to when I'm driving home from a terrible crime scene. <laughs> I love it so much that I'll like actively shush people when they try to talk over it. I don't care if it's like a restaurant full of strangers. Everyone shut the fuck up because your rhythmics are doing Winter Wonderland. <laughs> I'll remember not to skip past that after two seconds the next time you're in the car. What I do like about the song is like the real uh, the shift it takes. Like you're saying, like the beginning, it starts out it's real haunting, but then when she gets to the sleigh bells ring part, that's like a completely different song. Yeah, it's all happy and <laughs> there's like melody bells in the background. Yeah, and then at the end, she just completely loses her mind. <laughs> yeah. There must have been a lot of snow when they were producing. It's that. just a little bit of snow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The B side to this is white lines. Yeah. <laughs> That is a great pick, though. It's a very enchanting song. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. All right. What's your next pick? Coming up is my last pick. Number 11. It's that time. Christmas time is here. Everybody knows there's not a better time of year. Hear that sleigh. And that was Mavis Staples with Christmas Vacation, 1989, yep. the theme song to one of the greatest Christmas movies of all time, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Christmas Vacation. And I love Vacation and Christmas Vacation. They're two of my favorite movies ever. Like, I quote from Christmas Vacation all the time, like, whether it's Christmas or not. Same. And, yeah, and that, and that song was written for the movie specifically to be the intro over that cool 2D animated intro where santa claus is trying to drop off presents but he's getting all fucked up he's, yep. he's, he's trying to like he gets stuck in the chimney he gets set on fire he's electrocuted well yeah but that's the thing it's it's playing over this sort of cheesy cartoon so you almost forget the fact that it's a really good song yeah but then when you hear it on its own like we do because we both have it on our playlist you realize wow this Mavis Staples, this woman with the name that sounds like a cross between a department store and an evil boss from a Hallmark movie. <laughs> she really rocked it. She really did rock it, yeah. She, I mean, this song has soul, and it's got, it just has the elements, and it's got the feel of one of those classic 50s and 60s Christmas songs that you would hear, you know, growing up. And, you know, there's songs that you hear from, like, the Ronettes and Darlene Love. This song could stand up right with those songs you know so it's yeah. classic already it's actually like as much as i love christmas vacation and i do think the intro is cool and all the song's too good for it you think i really do i think this one had a shot at being this one could have been a contender it could have been like a top 10 for everyone instead of just people like us who like chevy chase yeah that's true it didn't really get 
it's due as a song because it kind of just but people do i think now it's getting a lot more a lot more traction yeah people are getting on the mavis train finally and <laughs> thank god for that oh <laughs> uh, all right is this your last pick uh god i hope so <laughs> here we go my last pick number 12 Feliz Navidad Feliz Navidad Feliz Navidad Prospero año y felicidad And that was Feliz Navidad by Jose Feliciano. <laughs> Apparently, I've uh, turned Jose into an Italiano. Buon <laughs> Natale from the Popola Stuff podcast. <laughs> this is a classic. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's a cliche as hell pick, but it's one of the few Christmas songs that I could always listen to, no matter what. And it's one of the ones that always inspires me to raise the volume, no matter what. Loved it since I was a kid. And I wouldn't find out until much later that it's the number one best Christmas song to get hammered to. Would you agree? It's just like, there's something about the tempo of that song. It's just like, take a shot, take a shot, take a shot. (laughs) Yes, I totally agree. And I've uh, written many uh, song parodies about it. Next time we're hanging out, I'll pull them out. And, uh, you know, we'll go uh, back and forth. One of the things is that there's been a lot of other renditions that people have done. But for me, and this is a classic, Jose Feliciano, love that. Yep. But there, I don't know if you've heard of Aqua Teen Hunger Force, which is the cartoon that was on, um, you know, Adult Swim. No, I've never heard of never heard of that number one hit show for the last fifteen thousand years. <laughs> anyway, what's that? So, <laughs> so Meatwad, who is a little meatball with a funny voice, he sings a version of this, and he changes it to Meat Naviwad, which I think is just completely amazing. So if anybody wants to seek that one out, I recommend it highly. That's awesome. I will. I actually have not heard that. Uh, I'm going to throw another one at you. Okay. Charo's version of Feliz Navidad from, again, the Pee-wee's Christmas special. Yes. Yes. I love that. I was actually, like, torn between giving this slot to her. You want to give her? You want to give it to her slot? I was giving her the slot, yeah. <laughs> Sex with Charo. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I know this is very Pee Wee heavy. I know. I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I apologize for that. No, no, because he's going to have a Christmas special. I thought it was coming out, but I think it's next year, maybe. It's coming out in March, right right alongside our, uh, our, our second, second Christmas, Christmas podcast. <laughs> yeah. But this thing, this song, Feliz Navidad, Jose Feliciano, just pairs so naturally with air guitars and obnoxious shouting. Yeah, I wonder if there's like an electron, electric uh, guitar version of it, like a metal version. Oh, there's got to be some fan-made version on YouTube. Yeah. Classic song. Definitely belongs on everyone's Christmas playlists. Yeah. It's a real obscure one, too. (laughs) So we really blew through all these Christmas songs. Well, you know, it's a subject that's near and dear to us. We've spoken about Christmas songs many times before. We've listened to Christmas songs together several times before. 
We go Christmas caroling sometimes. We go Christmas caroling. Yeah. Several times before. <laughs> yeah. Like, it I was think... actually really hard. I don't know how it was for you, but it was really hard for me to just limit it to six. Yeah. I had 40 songs when I contacted you earlier. Yeah. Well, I know you have that iPod that has, like, literally 7,000 Christmas songs. <laughs> it was really hard, though, because, I mean, there's there's so many. There's so many good ones. Yeah, it's like I I think we need to end this podcast with a plea to the people. Like, look, if you don't celebrate Christmas or you just hate Christmas, I'm not going to tell you that you're going to get into Christmas music. Right. But if you do and you don't like it, you need to check yourself and figure out what's haunting you. Yes. Yeah, there's a lot of people who just completely despise it. The thing that's beautiful about Christmas music is that it hits from every conceivable genre. So, like, this is your chance to listen to shit from, like, types of music that you normally don't. That's true. There's rock on our list. We've got some sort of electronic music. We've got everything. Classic type, uh, you know, singer-songwriter. We got everything on here. Yep. I mean, like, like country, rap, everything has been done in Christmas Mm -hmm. form. This is where we all come together and just enjoy life together. Yeah, we come together. We eat a lot of food, and we listen to good music. And this is the only thing, like I said earlier, this is the only thing keeping my Christmas spirit alive. You yeah, know? I mean, let's be honest. Like, I don't think either of us have had a particularly wonderful holiday season. It hasn't been a wonderful Christmas time. It hasn't been a wonderful Christmas time, but thank God Paul McCartney's there to make it just, just save it from being just dismal. Yeah, yeah, you know? exactly. Yep. Like, I can't, and- be, I can't be that unhappy. Paul's singing. Yeah, and R2-D2 is singing from... The spaceship. Oh, dear. (laughs) (laughs) C-3PO. Well, it was a a good... How about this, though? How about this? Just for shits and giggles, out of of your picks tonight, uh, if if you have to recommend just one to everyone, uh, do you you have one? Okay. Um, Let's see. That might be more special than the other ones. I'm going to say Winter Wonderland by the Rhythmics mm. is probably the best one that I've named. Damn. that's I mean, that's a good one. I think I'm going to go with Bruce and the E Street Band, Santa Claus is Coming to Town. I could see that, especially yeah. for you. It gets me amped. Jersey J. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So anyway, it's been a great podcast, Purple Stuff. It's uh, good to be back. Yeah, hopefully we'll we'll do this again sometime that, you know, Sometime in the near future. Yeah. There's, I mean, Christmas happens once a year, so I'm sure we'll do one maybe next year. Yeah, <laughs> completely. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us, everybody, for the Christmas edition of the Purple Stuff Podcast. I'm Jay from the Sexy Armpit. And I'm Matt from Dinosaur Dracula. <laughs> oh, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas from the Beatles. <laughs> On C3PL. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Purple Purple Stuff Podcast.